Welcome to the Underground, unlocking alternative journeys to health with host Kelly Richardson. Over the next hour, you're going to hear from the experts of bioenergetic kinesiology and clients who have experienced success with this modality. Now, here is Kelly. Welcome to the Underground. I'm your host, Kelly Richardson. I am the owner of the Richardson Center for Learning and Wellness in Janesville, Wisconsin, where we provide services for people with concussions, trauma, allergies, learning issues, and those with aches and pains. I've been in the field for over a decade and share a passion to teach others about bioenergetic kinesiology. One way that I'm planning on doing this is bringing leaders in the field as well as clients to tell their personal stories on this show. You can reach me at kellyrichardson.us or you can just call the office at 608-563-5202. This week, we're going to hear from COVID survivor and my better half, Scott Richardson, vaccine-injured survivor Jackie Goro, and nurse practitioner Margot Walker. All three of these people have had profound journeys with COVID. They are all here to tell their stories. Now, I know I'm aware it's a very controversial subject, but these guests are here to tell their personal stories on the subject and how they overcame their COVID experience. Our first guest is my husband, Scott Richardson. Scott has been a financial advisor for 15 years and is the owner of his own investment advisory firm, Elder Life Wealth Management in Janesville, Wisconsin. Additionally, he holds the position of marketing director at Elder Life Group, where he specializes in assisting clients and other advisors with asset protection strategies. Outside of his financial career, Scott has hospitality interests. He owns and operates a couple Airbnbs, as well as the Outpost on Lake Koshkanon Restaurant in Fort Atkinson, Wisconsin. Scott's personal interests revolve around travel and outdoor activities. He has a passion for exploring new places and enjoys hiking in the Western United States with his family. Scott has three grown children, Gabriel 25, Hannah 23, and Josiah 21. His wife is very happy that he enjoys renovating and maintaining their Airbnb properties, as she is always coming up with new things for him to do on the places. Scott, welcome to the underground. Good to be here. And I know why you introduced me as your better half, because all of those little <laughs> ventures mean moving a lot of furniture and a lot of projects. Yeah, we had 17 people at our house over Thanksgiving. And so he moved a lot of furniture. Yes. <laughs> Poor guy. His back is holding up, though, so that's good. Scott is going to tell us of his personal battle with COVID and how he finally was able to get over it after battling for his life. Scott, can you tell us a bit about what happened to you when you fell ill with COVID? Yeah, really, I started to notice it right around Thanksgiving when we had a, like this year, a big house full <laughs> and there was a lot of games and things going on. And I finally sat out and just did not feel well. Uh, I told you I was going to bed and you gave me an odd look because that usually doesn't happen. Never happens. Uh, and going to bed, I didn't know at the time that I wasn't going to get out of that bed for close to a month. It was a little mm -hmm. over three weeks that, that it just progressively got worse. Uh, honestly, it was probably the most sick I'd ever been. It was certainly the most miserable I'd ever been. Mm -hmm. uh, it was to the point where just going from feeling cruddy, it got uh, as bad as every hair on my body was screaming. Laying in bed was painful. And uh, really the only relief I had was being able to lay in a hot tub 
uh, just to uh, take some of the pain away from what was going on with my hair and skin. What was the hardest part for you? Um, well, the hardest part is as it kept getting worse, uh, I, I started moving past the point of thinking this is all just going to resolve itself. I usually don't do a lot when I get sick other than just take some time off and usually things just get better on their own. That didn't happen with this. And it started to move uh, progressively through my lungs, probably some form of pneumonia. Uh, the hardest part was that, uh, as all of us may have been aware during that time, anyone looking for help, there wasn't a lot of preventative treatment recommendations that were available at that time. And you hear stories where practitioners and, and the medical community was pretty much saying, if it gets so bad, just go to the hospital. And you were hearing stories of people being put on ventilators and horrible outcomes. So I was really trying to avoid that. We had tried several times to get in to see uh, our family physician, just to have it looked at and see what kind of treatment would be available. And we were actually told we can't get not you to in. Come. We were we, told not to come. Yeah, We were told not to go in, or I think even if we could, it would have been weeks or months out, everything was so backlogged at the time. So it, it really got to the point where we knew we had to do something uh, and almost got to the point of taking that next step and going to the hospital. Uh, it all kind of culminated one day when I had literally passed out in the bathroom, just trying to get from bedroom into the, uh, into the bathroom. And I couldn't breathe standing up, couldn't move. He could only take extremely shallow breaths. Very shallow breaths. Yep. And it was uh, in any kind of movement outside of just laying around and, and doing the smallest amount of transport was exhausting. Mm -hmm. So what did you do to finally recover then? Because if you can't go into the doctor, the, you know, we would go to urgent care and they would turn us away. They told us not to come in. They were afraid of COVID at that time. You had gotten a diagnosis, but we had to go through the drive-through at, I think it was CVS. Yeah, I had yeah. gotten, I tested positive for COVID, mm -hmm. uh, which gave us some information, but really didn't do much to, mm -hmm. uh, to provide any kind of treatment or progress uh, in it. So I'm really fortunate that I had you and I had everybody at your wellness center to start to recommend things because at that point I was so sick, it was really hard to even think straight mm -hmm. and uh, to have any recommendations for what I thought I needed. I truly didn't know. Yeah. And after the first week, like he was sick one week and you know, you're like, no big deal. He's sick. And then I got sick the second week and I recovered quite quickly and you were still sick. And that's when I knew that we needed to get serious and come up with a plan. I was taking a class with Steve Hansen at the time. He's from San Diego. So he's one of my instructors in bioenergetic kinesiology. And I had asked him to do some work on you. And that was Sunday night. And I also went on an app where they had a telehealth. And I just told them that we needed some antibiotics. I had some ivermectin horse paste <laughs> at home. And I know how people think about that, but we were desperate at that point. And I had you take the ivermectin. We did the antibiotic. Steve worked on you. And by Tuesday, you were back to work. So within two days, you had recovered. Now, it could have been because 
you had been in bed all that time, but you were not getting any better. So that's what I saw from my point of view. And after that is when I started having serious conversations of bringing a nurse practitioner on at our wellness center. And that was Margo, which we're going to hear from later. So with the recovery process, what have you learned through this experience? Well, I learned a lot about taking the time and, and spending the energy to take control of your own health and the options mm -hmm. that you had. I think all of us just over our lifetimes had just become accustomed to really just doing whatever we were told. And then when we hit the whole COVID uh, period, we didn't even have access to that for one. And then I think the, that whole medical community and industry was trying to figure it out. Mm -hmm. And uh, the information and the uh, the options we were given weren't weren't very beneficial or or certainly weren't very attractive mm -hmm. because I was the things that I was hearing was someone in my condition was pretty much being told to be admitted to the hospital and be intubated. And we were hearing and well, that was not going to happen on my watch. <laughs> right. You were not going to let that happen. Uh, but fortunately, uh, you from your experience, you had some access to resources and some ideas that well, probably pretty non-traditional, but that whole phase was non-traditional. We hadn't been in through anything like that before. Uh, so the, the cost of experimenting with some of these things was very, very low, but mm -hmm. certainly the benefit from it was extraordinary. And uh, you had mentioned how quickly the turnaround was, and it wasn't certainly that I was just starting to get better. I was trending in the opposite direction. My, my breathing and my, mm -hmm. I was seriously having thoughts of whether or not I was going to make it through each night. Mm -hmm. uh, there was uh, evenings where I would fall asleep and wonder if I'm just going to suffocate in my sleep and not wake up in the morning. So things were not slowly getting better. And then what the, the, the treatments and the things that you had done pushed me over the edge. Uh, they were dramatic in, in the turnaround. I don't remember a lot of the, uh, the protocols with, was it Steven you said, mm -hmm. you know, Steven, I don't remember a lot of that. I was pretty much out of it at that point. And then I remember you picking up some prescriptions and we, we tried some ivermectin. Uh, that's about all I remember. Steve worked on you for four hours. Yeah, I Steve was one of my, uh, he's an expert in virus, um, and how to deal with viruses with bioenergetic kinesiology. And I just so happened to be taking that class. And I had just taken another class with Hugo Tobar on coronavirus. So I had some knowledge behind me that others didn't, but I, I was still sick. I needed his help. And he worked on you for four hours one night. I don't know how he did that, but I think that really, that along with the prescription and the ivermectin that saved your life. So I don't care if I look like a fool or not. I still have my husband and he is not one that's in bad shape. He's in really good shape. Yeah, I know. And I don't... he weight lifts, he, you know, takes care of himself. He was eating well by then, but since COVID, um, I have definitely seen lifestyle changes with you. Um, what, what have you noticed? <laughs> <laughs> well, some of them are certainly personal. I think anytime you hit a spot in your life where you're faced with your own mortality and you're really staring at it thinking mm -hmm. this could be it, I could be dead in the morning. It does change your perspective on things. And I, I had made a significant career move shortly or right on the heels of that, yep. that I was really kind of afraid to make before that. But the combination of being sent home to work in my basement 
and then facing the fact that I could die uh, really kind of removed any fear in those kind of making a move like that. Because when you face that, something going wrong with their career change pales in comparison to cares, yeah. uh, to facing some of those more serious issues. So it kind of gave me a little bit of an edge. Uh, it also, uh, it, it really affected my attitude toward what we had grown up with uh, as far as traditional means of healthcare. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still respect a lot of those things. I've seen what they've done with my, my son who had elbow surgery. There's just certain things that those experts are absolutely needed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even going uh, walking some other family members like my parents through through all the medications that they're on, knowing that we have to keep a close eye on that because sometimes there's a lot of those things that are missed. So really just needing to own our own health care and learning as much as we can and then using the resources that are out there for the expertise that they have, but not being afraid to question things and not being afraid to seek other uh, other input and other recommendations. Yeah. Being responsible for your own health is very important, but it also is very empowering because you educate yourself on what's truly going on. And you know, your body better than anyone else. Your doctor doesn't know your body as well as you do. You know, what's normal for it and what isn't. So when you start taking responsibility for that, then all of a sudden you're more engaged and you're not just taking orders. So other things that I've noticed about you is, yes, you've gained an edge to you. You're not afraid to speak your mind, but also he now, when he comes home at night, wears all cotton (laughs) clothes. (laughs) He's into the frequency thing now. So, and I don't feel like I'm crazy around him anymore. He's, he's, he's bought into all of the things that I've been doing for years. So yeah, he comes home and he starts to look like a yogi master. (laughs) I had rolled my (laughs) eyes at a lot of the things you were doing for several years uh, and going through that really did uh, have my perspective change to start to look at dealing with the causes of things rather than just constantly treating symptoms of things that are happening. So everything, uh, food is probably one of the biggest ones. I watch everything I'm doing uh, very uh, strictly. And yes. uh, the things, uh, I'm one who used to live on Mountain Dew and Doritos <laughs> and my body doesn't let me do that anymore. And I immediately notice when I'm putting things in, in my body that are artificial. Yes, you do. And we live in a, we live in a culture now where pretty much our entire food supply is artificial. It's processed. Mm-hmm. And it's very hard to find things that don't have that. Right. But I've really come to the point where I believe that most of our health issues are because of our, our food. Uh, so I watch that very closely, and that's something that we we all can control, but it's incredibly hard and it's expensive. Yeah, it is, but it's worth it. I mean, I remember when I used to tell you to not have dairy because you'd come to bed and you'd be hacking up and just coughing and coughing and coughing, and I'm like, stop with the dairy. And you're like, I'm not giving up my cheese. I live in Wisconsin. We don't give up cheese. I'm like, well, then you're going to have this issue. And finally, you got sick and tired of being sick and tired, mm-hmm. and you changed your diet. That's kind of when it started. Yeah. And then yeah. it all that accelerated a- through mm-hmm. COVID and uh, really starting to see the impact of 
things that can affect your health. Yeah, exactly. And um, just the amount of energy that you have now compared to what you used to have is phenomenal. When our kids were little, you didn't have much energy. You took lots of naps and now you just go like an energizer bunny. So I love that because I can get more work out of you. <laughs> yes, you do. You take advantage of that. But uh, yeah, I, I feel more healthy now than I did when I was 30 years old. Oh, absolutely. And you look at, and yeah, it's been quite a benefit to not only you, but our entire family. Today, we've been talking with Scott Richardson about his experience with having COVID and the steps he took to get better. When we return, we will, re we will hear from Jackie Gorl about her COVID vaccine injury and what she did about it. Stay tuned. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Are you not getting the answers or results you are looking for in your healthcare journey? Join the underground each week as we explore alternative tracks to wellness. We will be bringing on experts in the field of bioenergetic kinesiology, as well as hear stories about those who have had success in utilizing this modality. The Underground, unlocking alternative journeys to health. Hosted by Kelly Richardson. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. In this polarizing age of misinformation, it is critical to examine the lessons of the past on history, culture, and trauma. Ingrid Cochran, CEO of Paces Connection, and her guests will explore historical trauma and outline how our collective past shades our perception of today's world and our shared experiences. In this podcast, we will examine the impact of past atrocious cultural events and the impact of the systemic trauma of racism and poverty on the human experience. Ingrid and her guest will also outline what is needed for our collective healing. Please join us for History, Culture, and Trauma, Thursdays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to The Underground with Kelly Richardson. Have a question for Kelly or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to the underground. We've been talking with COVID survivor, Scott Richardson. Up next is Jackie Goral. Jackie has always enjoyed serving and helping others. She worked in the restaurant business as she earned her master nail technician license. Jackie then worked for multiple spas until she opened her own business called the Cat's Meow Nail Spa in 2005. Jackie, welcome to the underground. Thank you. What brought you into the Richardson Center? And what did you eat? How did you even hear about me? 
Um, originally, uh, my friend Sherry um, had her son to you. Mm -hmm. And originally, I needed my son to be looked at for school purposes. So can you tell everyone what happened when you experienced, what you experienced with the COVID vaccine? Because through getting the COVID vaccine, you did have symptoms and injury after that. Is that correct? Yes. So what um, made you get the vaccine? My husband's insurance made me get the vaccine and um, I tried to get a medical exemption twice and they didn't give it to me. Mm -hmm. So on October 1st of 2020, I was forced to get it. And after that, I lost the use of my muscles, my memory, multiple things. Yeah. So when you came into my office that one day, um, Jackie was sitting in the waiting room and she had this puzzled look on her face and she had her, her phone in her hand and she looks at me and she's like, I don't remember what school my son goes to and I need to call them. And that's when I knew that something was wrong with Jackie. And she had originally come in that day because of your back, right? Yeah. yeah. She had, she couldn't even, she couldn't even sit up straight, right? Right. You had more of like a corset that you had to wear and. For two weeks. Yeah. So she was in a lot of pain and needed a little help. And we had talked about her getting the vaccine ahead of time and she knew that she had to get it. So what did you do to prepare for that? Um, I didn't really, well, I did a detox, but, okay. and then, um, but the detox wasn't necessarily for the, to prepare for the vaccine. Um, you, okay. I, I thought you had done more to prepare for that. I think I had heard you say that you were getting to the, de the detox and I thought that was in preparation for the vaccine. So what, af what was the first thing that happened after you got the vaccine? What did you first notice? I lost the use of my left leg and then it started to go up my right side. I couldn't turn my neck and then it went into my back. I was afraid that I couldn't drive and take my son places. You had gone to the chiropractor as well. What happened when you went to the chiropractor? He wasn't even able to use the small tools on me. Um, I was lifted right off the bed and I had been going to him for years. So he didn't know what the heck I had done. But when I told him that it was the vaccine, he understood from other people that he had treated and had similar issues. So he just had to work on me slowly um, until, I mean, I went to multiple things to work on for the vaccine. So who did you go to? What did you, what did you do to try to recover? Um, I went to Kelly Richardson. <laughs> Who's she? I don't know who <laughs> she is. <laughs> um, I went to Margo for an IV. Yep. Um, I went to JFox for multiple um, services. Um, I tried changing my food, mm -hmm. um, working out, pretty much anything possible. <clears throat> I've been working on to try to recovery. And yeah. I'm still currently working on things that, um, the biggest thing that I remember is, um, 
my, my memory was the worst. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about that? What did you, how did you notice that your memory was going and what did you do to kind of help your, help yourself through that period? Um, I've had my business since 2005 and I wasn't able to take even a credit card. Mm -hmm. Um, You couldn't remember how to take a credit card, right? Correct. Yeah. So that was kind of crazy. Yeah. With driving, what, what did you have to do with driving? Because you said that you couldn't drive your son places. I've lived in Janesville my entire life and I had to use GPS everywhere I went. Yeah. Yeah. So what helped you the most in your recovery? What did you find? I mean, you mentioned every, everything. What were the things that you definitely saw a difference that gave you a boost in recovery? Um, everyone that helped me through, including you and, um, I'm, I'm still dealing with it. Yes, you are. Yep. Um, I am better when it goes to, to driving. Mm-hmm. I don't have to use GPS. <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to use your GPS like you used to which is huge for you because I remember when you would have to, um, you would, you wouldn't even know how to get to the grocery store and you had gone to the grocery store all your life. So, I mean, it's good that you were able to come back from that and actually start using your memory again, which was huge. Do you still have to wear a corset anymore? No. Okay. So that has also changed. Um, Jackie still comes to see me pretty regularly, what, every other week or so. And we usually work on um, an area on her back. And we had gotten it to go away completely, but then it's been coming back a little bit here and there. Is that is that fair to say? Yes. So it it does help, but there is still long-term things that Jackie's still dealing with. Yes. But she's able to work now. Yeah. She's able to drive her son wherever he needs to go. He's, she's able to go to the grocery store and get groceries, which oh. is absolutely amazing. So um, what are, oh, sorry, I hit the ma- microphone. <laughs> what are some things that you have found out about yourself through this process? Um, just living life and... Um, caring about you have and you've done an amazing job just telling others your story so that maybe they don't have to go through the struggles that you have gone through i mean i've heard you (laughs) say multiple times to your clients say you know this is what happened to me so be careful and you probably helped save a lot of people a lot of grief by not getting it when they told us to all get it. So that's quite a service to others as well. I think something else that you found out about yourself is that you will now stick up for yourself more and your health is important. That's what you've told me yes. when she's doing my nails. She's <laughs> she's like, that's never going to happen again. <laughs> I'm never going to go through that again. No, so it was terrible. And I said, I still am working on it. Yeah, you are. Um, 
but what I've seen is your memory is coming back, but there are times when you still can't find certain words, right? Very much so. So that is something that we're still working on. um, And that's an area in the brain called Brocus, the Warnicke's area. And those areas take a little bit more time to come back online that we found. We've also, you know, tried some detox methods with Margot and doing IVs and using glutathione with her. So you were the most proactive person I've ever seen that has done, that has taken the vaccine. You got right on it because I think you had symptoms like pretty quickly, didn't you? Right away. Right away. I lost the use of my leg almost immediately. Oh, I didn't, I didn't realize it was that quickly, Yeah, but I knew it was like within the first week. So, um, you knew immediately that something was up. Yes. Yeah. So that, that was good. Do you have any advice to our listeners who, who have been thinking about maybe getting the vaccine or, or, um, you know, wondering what to do after they've gotten the vaccine? I would recommend knowing exactly what you're having put in your body. I had no clue. Yeah. I was just told I needed to. Yeah. And definitely seek, um, alternatives before and also after. Yeah. You had a lot of alternative resources at your fingertips that maybe others didn't even know about. So, I mean, I know that that's when Margot came into your life. Yes, That's when um, we had already been working together because I had worked on your son, Jameson. And Jameson came in. How old was Jameson when he came in to see me? Oh, he was, he was little. Um, was he in middle school? Must have been maybe sixth, sixth grade, fifth grade. Very timid, very shy kid. Did not want to be there. No. Not at all. <laughs> no. <laughs> but then what did he say? Like, didn't he say something after the first time he came in? Yeah, He said, I think I need to go see Kelly for at least an hour. <laughs> <laughs> So can you tell us a little bit about where Jameson is now? I know that's not on the topic, but we have a few minutes. So go ahead and tell um, us about where Jameson is at now. He's thriving. He's actually in high school and he shocked me with going out for football, never even played football. <laughs> he would have never done that before. Also was on the bowling league, bowling um, club in school and yep. league regularly and is doing wonderful. And he was behind in school before he came and saw Kelly. And now he is actually at his grade and even above. Yes. <laughs> and this last week, what, what happened this last week with him, with driver's ed? Um, he got his permit. Yep. And first try. First try. There's other kids that had to retake it, but yep. he got it on the first try. Yeah. And, and didn't he come right from... But was it bowling? Yeah. So like he didn't, you guys had to study in the car and cram. <laughs> bowling tournament in Monroe on the way to Janesville. Yep. Crammed the whole way there. Yep. And he passed. And he passed. So we're very proud of Jameson right now. Yes. I mean, that, that was quite a really cool thing to watch the transformation of this kid that went from timid and shy and didn't want to experience new, t- new things to him riding his bike all over town and, you know, 
wanting to go out for football. And he also lifts weights now too, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, those are some things that bioenergetic kinesiology can help with, but because she brought Jameson in, I think Jackie felt comfortable coming to me and saying, Hey, I may need a little help here. Absolutely. So maybe some advice to our listeners is don't be afraid to ask for help. Absolutely. (laughs) When something isn't going right in your body, get the help that you need as soon as you can. Yes. It makes a difference. Yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's a great kid and you did an amazing job with him as far as, um, encouraging him to come in. And then not only did you encourage yourself to come in after that, but even your closest colleague in the nail spa, Jackie even brought in her friend, Brenda, who was scared to death to come in at first. (laughs) So Jackie drug her in literally. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And now Brenda comes in all on her own and has no fear in coming in. So, I mean, that that's been an amazing thing to watch. So the things that you're still dealing with, have they improved over time or are you seeing a plateau in any of these areas? They've definitely improved, but the struggle is still there. Yes. Yes. And you've changed your diet and you've also brought in some supplements and you've, you've had some, um, just a lot of support around you, I think. And it's so cool to see how you reach out to your community and help help them as well. Yes. yes. So we've been listening. You've been listening to The Underground with Kelly Richardson. We've been talking with COVID and COVID vaccine survivors, Scott Richardson and Jackie Gorl. When we return from break, we will meet nurse practitioner Margot Walker. We will be talk, taking your calls at 866 472 5791. Again, it's 866-472-5791. Stay tuned for the conclusion of The Underground. Follow Voice America at facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Voice America programs are now available on your favorite connected device, including Amazon, Alexa, and Google Home. Through streams with Apple Podcasts, TuneIn, and iHeartRadio, listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast. If that doesn't work, try adding on TuneIn or on iHeartRadio or on Apple Podcasts. Are you tired of feeling powerless over food? Do you obsess over every bite? Dr. Nina is here to help you identify your hidden triggers, stop emotional eating, and create permanent, sustainable weight loss. 
No more diets and no more deprivation. Learn how to live a life of freedom, joy, and happiness while still enjoying the food you love. Join Dr. Nina as she shares her expertise on how to outsmart emotional eating and live your best life on The Binge Cure with Dr. Nina. Thursdays at 12 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to The Underground with Kelly Richardson. Have a question for Kelly or her guests? Join us on the show at 866-472-5791. That's 866-472-5791. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to The Underground. Today we've been talking about the impact of COVID and COVID vaccine injury has had on our guests, Scott Richardson and Jackie Gorl. I'm your host, Kelly Richardson. Up next is nurse practitioner, Margo Walker. Margo Walker is a board-certified women's health nurse practitioner, lactation consultant, and La Leche leader. She has served her hometown community in Southern Wisconsin as a nurse practitioner for 23 years. Along with being a nurse practitioner, Margot has, she's also earned several other certificates. She has a certificate in holistic nutrition, sexual health, and she is even a level two certified touch for health practitioner. Following her job loss during the COVID pandemic, she started a private practice called Priority Health. Priority Health served patients in the areas of functional medicine, menopausal hormonal therapy, IV vitamin hydration, weight loss, and lactation consulting. She provided care during the pandemic following guidelines from America's frontline doctors. Margot believes in your right to know and make informed choices about your health. She helps you reach your goals by taking the time to listen to your story, your concerns, and answer your questions. She focuses on paying attention to your unique needs and respecting your decisions. All four of us are open to taking your calls at 866-472-5791. Again, 866-472-5791. In the meantime, I have some questions for Margot. But first, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kelly, for having me here. So what made you want to start your own business? There were some areas of skills that we had together that we thought could mm -hmm. offer to the community that we weren't seeing being offered. Um, so we started prior to the pandemic, actually, and we were, had a little practice before. Mm -hmm. We were pretty well poised for when this turn of events happened. Yeah, I wanted to bring Margot on after I saw what happened to Scott, and I'm like, there's no way I'm going to come that close to losing another family member or friend ever again. And I knew with Margo on our team, we could provide services that I couldn't personally provide, like IV nutritional therapy, or even prescriptions if you need to get an antibiotic. <laughs> and Margo has served my family very well in those, those things. I use her nutritional IV all the time. It helps um, my main maintenance uh, against having migraines. And so I really appreciate Margot being willing to do that. We decided to meet at a restaurant and we kind of collaborated there and just jumped in and went for it. 
we did have another um, supervising doctor that was going to join us. Mm -hmm. And that's what gave us the courage to buy everything and get everything. And then he pulled out on us at the very last minute. So at the restaurant, I said to Margo, I'm like, are you still willing to do this? Which you agreed to. Mm -hmm. So we're like, okay, let's jump. Let's do this. We'll see where this leads. It's been kind of a crazy ride. <laughs> yeah. And I think it was really serendipitous that we did when we did because yes. it was so needed and it made such a difference for so many people. In what ways have you seen that it's helped others? Um, during the pandemic, we had a lot of more independence and autonomy of practice in this state, mm -hmm. as well as telehealth services. So we, I was able to operate in other, you know, by telehealth with patients in other states. So that was helpful. We did a lot of IV nutritional vitamins and minerals, mm -hmm. and that makes a difference right away. Several people would call the next day and say, like we've heard stories here today with Scott and Jackie, how they were bedridden, fatigued, difficulty breathing. And sometimes there was a dramatic turnaround in 24, 36 hours after having an IV yeah. and some of the prescription medicines too. Mm -hmm. And I mean, what I witnessed with you is people would come in for a lot of COVID um, testing because mm -hmm. at that time they didn't have self-testing as readily available as they do now. So they actually would come into the to the center for that. And we weren't afraid of COVID. We never shut down. We mm -hmm. kept operating. We were mm -hmm. available to patients by phone. It's our personal phone numbers that yeah. are available on my website. So um, people knew we were accessible and we did concierge service. I'd go in home and set up an IV for someone. And right. you know, I wasn't afraid of being sick. And this is what I'm called to do as a nurse. So it was amazing just the amount of care that we could provide our community that they weren't able to get anywhere else at that mm -hmm. time. Mm -hmm. I mean, the closest they could get is down in Beloit maybe, and maybe in Madison, but nothing in Janesville, Wisconsin, mm -hmm. nothing for them to help boost their immune system. So what did you do to help boost people's immune system when they came to you and they said, oh, I'm feeling kind of sick. What, what would you recommend for me to do? When it's urgent like that, you mm -hmm. don't have the ability to make some of those subtle changes in diet. You certainly can decrease sugar and dairy to decrease inflammation, but some of those immediate needs, we did use some pharmaceuticals and different nutrients. Vitamin C was really important. Um, magnesium really helps to open up the lungs. Mm -hmm. And then we use glutathione or NAC. A lot of people were taking N-acetylcysteine, um, which is a precursor to glutathione, and that really decreases inflammation in the body, and it's a big antioxidant, so helping um, helping the body help itself. Right, right. And that's so important just to give it the foundation to sustain itself. Mm -hmm. What could... Um, what did you see in regard to COVID that first year that you were in business? People were scared for their own health, their families, their their jobs, you know, should they get the vaccine? Are there exemptions? There was a lot of that mm -hmm. conversation. And then it was accessing care. We are non-traditional and people us? found us no. that way. <laughs> a lot of word of mouth. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, and 
sometimes they were turned away at other places mm-hmm. or other traditional healthcare was shut down for a while and then mm-hmm. greatly backlogged. So we just kept working and offering them with services and we kind of had to pivot and find out what was working. I used the protocols like many people did from America's frontline doctors and those would evolve and we kept studying and learning and mm-hmm. and you try something and see how it worked and that is how we do science. Yeah, and you weren't afraid to try. There were many that were afraid to try, but you were more concerned about the individuals and helping them get better. Mm -hmm. And I saw your heart through that traumatic time in our history. (laughs) Um, There were times when we saw entire families come in. Mm -hmm. So that was interesting that we would have everybody come in at the same time and just one after the the next, you know, next. (laughs) And isn't that, that's not our topic today, but the community, I think that's something that we've realized with the pandemic, how much community is important. So when, mm-hmm. when whole families sought care together and, and got better. Yeah. It was so nice to see them in the grocery store afterwards and be like, oh, you're feeling better. I'm so happy for you. Because back then, you know, you didn't want anybody to know if you were sick or not. It was a very hush-hush thing. There was a lot of stigma. Mm-hmm. There was so much fear. People didn't know. Yeah. Yeah. And do. so they would come in sometimes in secret. Mm-hmm. They did not want anybody mm-hmm. to know. So maybe they'd come in later on because you were willing to meet people later on at night too. Mm-hmm. Yep. You had so very late hours. Yep. I work from five to eight and on the weekends, if people need appointments, still do concierge service. Mm-hmm. How long on average did it take for somebody to recover from COVID once you saw them after you used the protocol on them? Yeah, I'm I'm sure there are some patients that were lost to follow up, but I never, I didn't hear of anybody progressing in their illness after using these medicines like ivermectin. None of them went into the hospital. I know that I'm so aware I really of. felt like we were keeping people out of urgent care. Mm-hmm. We were helping the traditional health systems not mm-hmm. be over consumed by seeking care. And yeah, then, because our personal um, hospital in the area, mm-hmm. they didn't even have beds, mm-hmm. if I remember right. right. I think we had many conversations with that they were out of beds. And we'd get those weekly numbers and you yes. know how many in the oh, community yeah. and the county had. Um, so it, there was a lot of fear involved in that at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I think... I mean, in a week, people were getting better. I really had phone calls the next day. I had a friend who was up and working outside again, doing physically active work the day after I gave him an IV. Isn't that incredible? I remember on average, what I would see would be four days. After the IV, they were back to work and back to themselves within, they could test negative for COVID within four days. You did see some of that because we were testing too. So you're right. That That was fascinating to me when they Mm -hmm. were like 10 days or two weeks or, you know, crazy amount of time that you had to quarantine and we weren't seeing that. So that was a little different than what we were being told but we were also testing. We tested, you know, right when they came in the first time and then we test throughout we did the antibody week. testing afterwards yep. to see. Yep. So we, we did a lot of non-traditional things with mm-hmm. them for sure. What did you learn from going through that experience? 
it really reinforced, I, again, the value, like Scott said, of taking control of your own health, finding your resources like Jackie did and advocating for yourself and your family. Yeah. Yeah. I saw your courage um, just being one that wasn't afraid to go against the flow and more just being concerned about the patients Mm -hmm. and making sure that they were better regardless. And you studied everything. Like if you, if I would throw something at you, you're like, "Hmm, I'll look into that. And I just (laughs) like every morning I'm texting her every morning, shoving more information at her because that's when I would study and look into things was first thing in the morning. And it was a little overwhelming and we had to sort through and find what's true and what's reputable and what's practical to do. Right. And, but we weren't afraid to look in all the crazy places either. And sometimes those crazy things actually held some water. So that was, that's what I was surprised at. I wasn't expecting Mm -hmm. so many things to be helpful for people. I thought there was going to be like three things that you can do and that's all you can do, but that wasn't what we came across. So I think one thing that came is again, reinforced to me that the patient knows her story. If you listen, she knows what she needs and the body will heal itself if we get out of the way, if we help a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes we need to get to the root issue. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing that Margot has helped me with is walking through my own issues is like, what can we do to support the body? What can we do what is the root cause of your thyroid issue? What is the root cause of, you know, your menopausal symptoms? Mm -hmm. So that, that was very important for me to know personally. Mm -hmm. So now Margot has her own full-blown practice out of the Richardson center. How has that been? I'm excited. It's, it's thrilling to have my own business, start my own business after, 23 years in traditional healthcare now to be a nurse entrepreneur. How has it been different from being in the hospitals like setting or clinic setting, I guess? Yeah. I always like the one-on-one with patients and I continue to have that. I don't have, I'm not rushed, you know, it's individualized personal care. Um, I'm learning a lot of business, things that I didn't know before. You learned how to do an IV really good. I think I was right. her high, hardest client. <laughs> yeah, I had worked in clinic. I hadn't been a floor nurse for a while. So right. COVID had transformed that. That pushed you a little bit yep. more. <laughs> and some different skills. Yeah, and now you can do it without a hitch. So that's wonderful. Would, um, if you had advice for anyone listening, what would it be? Uh, again, just trusting the innate wisdom of the body to heal itself, looking for um, how your body works best, what diet, what exercise, what we need to do. Sometimes there are difficulties and we have to make changes in life, but I'm really proud of what we've seen here yeah. with our clients and the journey that we've been on. What's the coolest story or experience that you've gone through mm-hmm. with this journey of yours in the last few years? Mm. Is there any story or any client that sticks out the most to you? 
you know, even through telehealth, some I have a few clients that will still call and check in and say, hey, I heard this, or we're doing this now. Would that be okay with you? Could we check this out? Mm-hmm. Um, I like the relational aspect and, and all of that. I'm, maybe you know something I'm trying to remember. We, have, we saw so many patients. I'm sure I treated over 300 patients in our small clinic. Yeah. I, yeah. We're going to have to get a, another um, file cabinet, I think, but they keep you busy. That's for sure. And I'm excited to see your practice grow and become even more of an asset to our community. So thank you for being on today. We've been talking with Scott Richardson, Jackie Gorl, and Margot Walker on their different perspectives and experiences with COVID. Margo, how can our listeners contact you? You can find me on my website as www.priorityhealth.biz. And my cell phone is my personal phone. So you can find that on Facebook as well. Mm-hmm. And I can be reached at kellyrichardson.us. Or you can email me at richardsoncenteroutlook.com. Or you can, again, call the office at 608 563 5202. Next week, we will be discussing youth athletes and how bioenergetic kinesiology can help sports performance. Our guests will be sports enthusiasts, Dawson Straw and teammate Uriah Bell, along with their mothers who are very supportive of them, Sherry Straw and Annie Bell. We look forward to you all joining us on The Underground. Thanks for joining us on today's episode of The Underground with Kelly Richardson. We hope you have learned something you can apply to your own life. For more information, contact www.kellyrichardson.us. Until we talk again, have a wonderful week.